0: Welcome back to the As a Woman Podcast. Today this episode is being released on Mother's Day. Now I've handled Mother's Day in a variety of different ways on this podcast. I've talked about other alternatives to family building besides just autologous genetically your eggs. I've talked about different paths to parenthood. I've avoided it completely, treated it like a normal day, which for some people it is. And sometimes I've skipped an episode because I didn't have the words. But today, this year, no matter when you're listening to this, I wanted to release an episode about my thoughts about Mother's Day when you have infertility and when you're trying and you desperately want to be a mom and it hasn't happened for you. I was in this position, so some of this is my personal take, but also what I've seen as a fertility doctor who takes care of so many people. And if you are not that person. Maybe you're listening so you can see how to support somebody in your life and acknowledging what they might be going through. All right. So before we dive into this episode again, thank you. I love you. Welcome to this podcast. It is growing like crazy. And I just really appreciate you all. Thanks for being patient with the new format. I know there are ads. I promise you a couple things. I'm only advertising for products that I've used and I like. Two, that money helps the podcast happen because I'm at the point of my life where I can't edit these episodes myself, y'all, and I need a team. So those ads actually help me afford keeping this going. So thank you so much for your support and everything that you do to share this podcast. It warms my heart so much every time somebody tells me it helped them. So if you see me in real life or you want to send a message, I'm a words of affirmation girl, so I love it. But... At Pinnacle, people would come up to me and tell me how an episode helped them or helped their patients. Or some of you who are in school will message me and say that your preceptor or whoever you were doing clinicals with told their patients to listen to an episode. That PCOS episodes, it it gets a lot of love. Proud of that one. But that means so much to me because truly I spend a lot of time on this and I do it so that it can help you. So I just wanted to take a moment and acknowledge and say thank you for listening, supporting, sharing, posting it on your social media sites, subscribing, and following along. Announcement is if you like YouTube more than podcast players, I know there's a lot of you out there. You like to just have a YouTube up running in the background. The podcast is now going to be on YouTube. It's not a video of me, I know. Maybe one day I will have my act together enough to do that, but at this moment, it's just going to be another place to watch, and even if you don't, if you want to go to the As Woman podcast YouTube page and subscribe, we won't spam you with things, but it'll just be another way where these episodes will be more available to more people. Okay, every episode at the end, we do For Fertility's Sake, FFS. This is our weekly Q&A where I answer your questions. You can ask these questions on Instagram on Mondays at Natalie Crawford MD. We will answer questions on Instagram every weekly episode and in the newsletter. You can sign up for the newsletter at nataliecrawfordmd.com slash newsletter. You'll get Q&As, fertility in the news, my favorite recipes, things I like, things that are just going on so you can stay up to date in my world. And I really love how much you guys love it, how many of you subscribe, and how you'll send messages sometime. Okay, hey, was there a newsletter this week? I didn't get one. Y'all, so cute, so cute. Okay, so sign up for the newsletter if you want to get more fertility news. You can also call and ask your questions. The number is 657-229-3672. That's a voicemail. Leave a question. Those are my favorite episodes, so doing more of them. All right, I don't think I can just lead in to a Mother's Day with Infertility episode without telling you a little bit about my story and. Then I'm going to tell you my thoughts, my advice to reframe, and how to support people. We decided to try to get pregnant when I was a resident. Now, I initially, I always wanted to be a mom and a doctor. I had no question. I wanted both. A lot of people tell you, you can't be both. I wanted both. I got a lot of advice that if I wanted to be both, I needed to pick a field, which maybe had shift work or was more conducive to having a family. I liked a lot of things in medical school. It is very tough depending on where you train, your idea of a field of medicine is truly about the people you work with. And what they tell you leaves a lasting impact. And when I was in medical school, everyone who was doing OB said, you can't do this if you wanna have a family. And that made a big impact on me. Now I shouldn't have believed them, cause here I am. But I did, so I matched into emergency medicine. And this is important because ER is three years long, in my mind, we would start trying to have a baby when I was done with residency. Because is hard. So I was all, okay, graduated medical school, I'm 26, I'm gonna do this three year ER thing and then we'll have our family. I was ready, I actually wanted to have kids, but I knew training was really hard and I just wasn't sure I could handle it all. Well, in my ER year, very quickly, I matched my number one choice. I went exactly where I wanted to go. I was thrilled to be at Parkland. Crazy, busy trauma center. Super happy. I realized by about August, September, really three months into intern year, that I had made a very bad mistake and that emergency medicine was not right for me. Y'all, if you know me, I am a girl who doesn't like to make mistakes and I really like to be right. So this was one, extremely hard to acknowledge to myself and two, really hard to acknowledge to other people. I just didn't want to admit that I had made such a wrong choice and how now working in the ER, it was so clear to me that it was wrong. At the moment, I didn't know what was right, but I knew this was wrong. And I think that's a good life lesson and something that I realize is sometimes when something is so wrong, all you are is overwhelmed by how incorrect it is and how removed you are from how, how far it is from how right it is that you can't see what is right. And I felt this way very similarly when I left my first job out of training, I quit that job with no other job lined up and I am not ashamed of that. I am proud of that. And I could not evaluate what was right for me till I freed myself from the wrong thing. But at this moment, I was overwhelmed with the idea that ER was not right. And I knew this would have multiple implications on me, both for my career and honestly my personal life and when we would have a family. But at the moment, all I could see is that I needed to take care of patients differently. Nothing wrong. God, emergency medicine is amazing and hard. And I loved how fast-paced it was. I loved all of it. But it killed me. I needed what I needed was to be able to follow somebody through a problem. It's probably what makes me love fertility. I get to see you, meet you, know your problem, walk the journey with you, help you get to the end of it, and then you bring your baby back next year, and it is full circle moment for me. I didn't know that's what I needed. But at the moment I knew seeing somebody taking care of them during my shift and walking out the door I worried about them what happened did I do the right thing are they okay and my peers the people who were excellent emergency medicine physicians nope they turned it off they turned it off when they walked out the door I did my best and I'm leaving my best on the table and they walked in fresh another day. That was a big difference between the two of us. You might be asking what this has to do with Mother's Day, but I swear we'll get there. Okay, so I made the decision this is wrong for me. I told everybody, everyone and their mama said I was crazy. It's just intern your blues. Just give it more time. I was convinced this is not right. My program director, he was a lovely, supportive man. And this is the number one reason why getting powerful people... Being honest with them is always better than lying or try to hide. I went to him, said I needed to leave. I don't know what I need to do. Explain explained the whole, my whole circumstance. And he said, I believe you. You're great at this if you want to do it. But if it's not right, I'll help you find it. If you'll finish this year, right? So your co-residents don't need to do more work. We won't be down a resident. You finish the year and I'll help you find what that next thing is. And we'll get you there. And that's important because if you're leaving a residency, people want to know it's not under bad terms, that it was under a good circumstance. And he really went to bat for me. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Apostrophe. With the temperatures starting to warm up, I'm so excited the summer is around the corner and getting ready and looking forward to the summer months. But I know that when I'm outside enjoying nature, I need to pick up supplies to prepare myself for summer adventures. And there is no in-person appointment or trip to the pharmacy needed. We have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash A-A-W when you use our code A-A-W. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash A-A-W and click Get Started. Then use the code A-A-W at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Ritual. Did you know that women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? But women belong in scientific research. They're essential, and Ritual knows this. I choose Ritual multivitamin every day because it is easy to take, and I know that I am getting high-quality and traceable ingredients in a clean and bioavailable forms. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash A-A-W for 25% off. Thank you, Ritual. I had to re-enter the match. I decided OBGYN was what I wanted to do. OBGYN is a four-year residency, and it's a surgical field, whereas emergency medicine is not. So I completed that one year, and then I started a four-year residency. So suddenly, now my postgraduate training at that time, I knew it was going to be five years. So it just lengthened by two years. And I was waiting till I was done with training to have a baby. Well, intern year is hard. Intern year the second time is hard too, but I loved OBGYN 100%. This is my field, these are my people. I love it. And very quickly, I realized I wanted to do a fellowship. I wanted to be able to be the expert on a narrow amount of information. And I'm sure this is rooted in that part of you, if you work in the ER, that is calling a lot of consults. And that's their job, right? Knowing when to call a consult, knowing when somebody should come in and help. And I wanted to be on the other end of that phone call. I wanted to be the person who knew everything there was to know about something. Turns out that something is hormones and fertility. It is very hard to become a fertility doctor. It's very hard. There's about 40 spots in the country. The match rate is not excellent. And I knew this would mean, one, we'd probably have to move. And two, I would have to work my butt off. In order to become an REI and to match, I would work a night shift for 14 hours. And then I would go to the lab. I did research on pituitary hormones with an amazing mentor, who changed my life. She inspired me and challenged me in ways that really helped me become who I am. I did not love public speaking. I gave a lot of presentations. I did not want to be a basic scientist, but she showed me the importance of it and really changed my entire view of, let's just say hormones. That was a lot of work. It was a lot of work, a lot of time away from home. And I don't know if I could have done it with a baby. So we started trying to have kids later than I wanted to. And when this was happening and we were starting to have difficulty, I started to feel very overwhelmed for a couple of reasons. One is that we were about to move away. I was at the end of my residency, decided now or never, but I already felt behind because I'd allowed my timeline to get pushed so far back. And in hindsight, I don't think that was the right choice, but I was just narrow-minded focused on one thing. This was before egg freezing. This was before you could intervene. I think my whole story could have been different, but at this moment, I just didn't know what to do, and I will be honest. When we started trying to get pregnant, and I was losing pregnancies, I felt like the biggest failure, and I felt overwhelmed because already behind my ideal timeline in my head. I don't know if y'all can relate to that maybe you found a life partner later or you had a career or something happened and suddenly now you never pictured yourself starting later so I already felt behind and then I kept feeling like a failure for losing these pregnancies and I didn't tell anybody it was so not accepted to be pregnant in residency and this definitely wasn't the time period where there was any support on social media I mean, with the exception of forums, if you can go back in the day to the what-to-expect forums. I was an OBGYN who was going into fertility. I took care of pregnant people every single day. I did major operations. I ran the L&D floor. I was good at this job. I was not good at staying pregnant, and that was hard. I like to be right, remember. Also, nobody talked about really what to do. I didn't even know basics about my body despite being nearing the latter part of my ob residency. The things you really want to know like tracking a cycle and are there things I should do or I should be avoiding and how early can I take a pregnancy test and should I be on progesterone? I, nobody talks about that. That's not what Parkland Hospital needed to survive So I took two forums to try to learn that information from other people who are having infertility and pregnancy loss. And this to me is mind blowing. That does not mean that your OBGYNs do not know what they're doing. A lot of us are learning it in other ways. But for me, this was my first exposure to what it was really like. And I felt alone and I didn't have anybody to ask questions to. And I didn't really understand so many things. And every holiday is hard when you're having infertility. I think everybody can agree that. You see little kids dressed up in costumes on Halloween and you see kids seeing Santa on Christmas or doing Easter egg hunts on Easter. But Mother's Day is, is the hardest. And the reason why is it feels like such an acknowledgement of what you are not. And for me, it felt like a public display of my failure. And I don't want you to feel that way because now, many years later in life, I view it really differently for my patients. And I think I honestly made it worse for myself because I never opened up to anyone. I mean, Jason knew and me and that was it. Not to my sisters, not to my mom, not to my best friend, not to any of my friends at work. Not until I was forced to. Did any of those people know anything? We purchased a house in North Carolina, and I was pregnant. And I remember thinking, this will be the baby room. And then I lost that pregnancy. And then I remember when we got pregnant again. I thought this will be the baby room. I didn't even decorate that room. It had nothing in it when we moved in. And I lost the pregnancy again. And I felt so... Publicly aware now as a fertility fellow about my own shortcoming. And the reality was, I did nothing wrong and it was not my fault. Or maybe I should say, I did nothing wrong that caused my miscarriages. But what I did do wrong was I didn't let anybody in because by not letting people in, they did not know what I was going through. And there are people in my life who would have supported me had I given them the opportunity to do so. And I know that because when I did tell them they showed up, but I didn't have any support on a really hard holiday because nobody knew everybody just presumed I was marching along career focused. They didn't really know how hard it was for me and how behind I felt, how sad I felt, how much blame and shame I had that I wasn't able to achieve this thing or do it right or keep a pregnancy. And Mother's Day felt like it put it on all on display. So number one, if this is you, if you're going through infertility, I think it would be really wonderful if you could tell somebody, not just your partner. If you have a partner, that person is wonderful, but somebody who you would tell your normal stuff to, somebody who you can open up, somebody who can also look out for you and help remind you that you are much more than your ability to have a baby or carry a baby or anything. But people can't show up for you if you don't let them. So you don't have to post it on Facebook or put it on Instagram. You don't have to create a fertility account or go super public. You don't have to be that out there. But you could call your sister and tell her what's going on or your best friend. Number two, I think I wish I had acknowledged the day would have been hard and the weekend And I would have taken care of myself. Instead of trying to act like Mother's Day was not happening, which is what I tried and I was unsuccessful because then I got more upset. I wish I had had enough insight to say, you know what? I am struggling with infertility and this day is going to be hard. Let's do some things. Let's go on a trip. Let's go out to a nice dinner. Let's go see a movie. I'm going to go to the spa. I'm going to get my nails done. Let's go for a hike. Let's do something. Let's not avoid the day and act like it doesn't exist because the day does exist and in today's day of social media, you won't be able to get away from it. So it's gonna be there. So instead of acting like it doesn't exist, can you acknowledge that it does and yet acknowledge that you're doing your best and treat yourself kindly and go do something that brings you joy and let that be your way of treating yourself on Mother's Day despite what else is going on because you're trying to be a mom Maybe you are a mom. I didn't feel like a mom until I held Campbell in my hands. Now I think motherhood is a mindset and so now I think you have every right to feel like a mom at any moment. And if you've lost pregnancies, absolutely you have angel babies. But for me, I think I was just so ready for something to go wrong. I didn't even enjoy Mother's Day when I was eight months pregnant with her because I was worried. I was sure something would go wrong. So it wasn't until I held her in my arms that I felt my first sigh of relief. And I'm not acting like that went seamless because she was growth restricted. I had some placenta issues. So my body was not having the world's easiest time at this. But I'm saying that I tried to act like it didn't exist, which actually made it worse. So acknowledging I'm going to plan something, particularly because it's Mother's Day. So maybe you're listening to this in the morning. Like, go do something this afternoon or this evening that will bring you joy because you cannot control your infertility. It is not your fault. Maybe call up and tell that friend who you've been avoiding. Because what you don't need and what you don't want is to put distance between you and people, which is what starts to happen when your friends are achieving life goals and they don't know what you're going through. Is you're going to start to step back because it's hard to hear from them, but they don't know that it's hard because you haven't told them. Give people the opportunity to show up. So tell that friend, "Hey, We've been trying to get pregnant for a while, and it's been hard for us. Give them permission to talk to you about what you want to hear. You're still my best friend, and it's really important for me that we stay close. So please don't hold back for me. Please keep reaching out. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Quince. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, but Quince partners directly with top factories, cutting out the cost of the middleman, passing the saving to us, and only working with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. I personally cannot wait to wear my cute tan linen set this summer. So it's your turn to get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash A-A-W for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash A-A-W to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash A-A-W. Thank you, Quince. And one of the things I absolutely love that one of my patients told me is that they had a code word with their friend. I love this write this down. So their friend knew what they were going through and the code word for them was papaya. And so the friend with infertility could say papaya at any time and the other friend would know that's a no questions asked word. But I'm going to stop talking about my pregnancy or my kids and we're going to focus the conversation elsewhere. This conversation is too hard for this moment and I'm not going to ask you why. I'm not going to make you go into it because you said papaya. So I know You need me to just show up as Natalie your friend and be here for you and I can do that and we don't have to talk about babies or pregnancy or fertility so set your boundaries. Also ask for things you need help with. Maybe you need help with shots and your bestie is a nurse. Say could you help me with my shots? That would mean so much to me. I would really love if you would listen on my doctor's appointment because sometimes it's so overwhelming. Maybe You could help me with that or think of questions to ask. Could you help me research endometriosis? Because I just got this diagnosis that scares me and I'm afraid to look on the internet, but I want to know more about it. Could you research some questions? I should ask my doctor. Your friends will show up for you if you give them the chance to do so. So stop putting up artificial barriers and boundaries. Stop making presumptions about what your people will do and what they won't do. Your people are going to show up for you, but you must let them. I also wish I had known how to be a better advocate. So depending on where you are in your journey, I think there is an opportunity for you to take control of something. And I will say the big switch for me after our fourth pregnancy loss, the fourth one was an ectopic pregnancy and that got diagnosed during my fellowship. I actually miscarried and my senior fellow knew. We were on a trip together so she knew and so when i got pregnant the fourth time i told her and she got me some early levels and did some ultrasounds and was the one who diagnosed me with an ectopic pregnancy and one of my nurses came in her first day back from maternity leave gave me methotrexate which was terrible but this um senior fellow who was lovely was the first person I had actually told what was going on besides Jason. And of course, when I had the ectopic, you know, Jason was out of town when I needed to get methotrexate. He was at a bachelor party in Vegas and he flew home early and I had to stay home from work because she forced me to. And that's when I finally opened up to other people in my life. And that really made a big difference for me. Publicly, not on social, but in my real world, acknowledging our struggle and allowing people to support me I also at that point had a forced break right if you get methotrexate I love you it's terrible I feel for you three months off which felt like an eternity at the time but that break was really good for me in hindsight because I couldn't get pregnant so for the first time it felt like a reprieve I wasn't trying I went back on the pill and we just had sex to have sex and I was able to focus on me and I was exercising and I got rid of toxins in our house and I started eating really clean. And my mindset switched to I am doing this to get pregnant to I am doing this for me. I am now going to be a healthier version of me for me because I deserve it. Because I can't control if, when, or if I stay pregnant. And that mindset switch I think changed a lot for me. So find the place if you can switch your mindset if you haven't already. How can you become a better advocate for yourself? Are you happy with your current care? Is it time to schedule the appointment? Do you understand what's going on with your body or do you need help? Do you want to improve things in your world? Is there something you should do to take care of you? Not for the sake of getting pregnant, but for you because you deserve it. If your friend has opened up and told you that they are struggling, please do not Avoid them on Mother's Day or any holiday. Gosh, today must be so hard for Natalie. I'm just gonna avoid talking to her today, so not to remind her. Your friend knows. Do the opposite. Hey, Nat, I know today must be hard after all the pregnancy losses this year, but I'm thinking of you and I love you. Let me know if you wanna grab coffee this week. Take them flowers if you're in the same town. Take them to brunch. Do something. Send them an email. Leave a card at their house a voicemail. Leave a voicemail. What's that? Who knows what that is? Acknowledge that it is hard. Don't make them feel excluded, but make them feel supported. And the last thing I want to say is that motherhood is not something that you have to hold a baby in your arms to be. I was wrong. I like being right, but I can admit when I'm wrong, y'all. That's part of what this is all about. Motherhood is who you are and who you want to be. And if you feel it in your soul and your bones, it doesn't matter if your child is earthside or not, or if it has happened for you yet or not. And I know Mother's Day is hard for a lot of people. Maybe we've lost a parent. Maybe we have a bad relationship. Maybe we never had that. There's so many different reasons why Mother's Day can be hard for you. And the more you can share your truth and let people show up for you and you can show up for you and take care of yourself, The better it's going to be. I also want to say, not this episode, but something I tell people every single day there are many ways to be a parent. Having a genetic child is the most common and not the only. There are so many valid ways, and none of them are better or worse than others. You have donor egg and donor embryo, surrogacy, adoption, fostering, being an aunt. There's so many ways you can play a very special role in a child's life. So please free yourself from the idea that this is the only thing. And that's sometimes what I challenge people when we're really having a hard time, is I can say this is goal one, but I really wanna know your boundaries and I wanna challenge you at the end of the day. Is it more important that we bring a life into your family? Because maybe we need to look at a different path to do that. It's not a failure. It's not a failure if you need donor eggs or donor embryo, or donor sperm, if you need somebody else to carry the baby, or if you adopt, or you foster, or you don't, or you stay childless, none of it is any reflection on you or your worth. And I want you to know that from the bottom of my heart. So today, on Mother's Day, no matter who you are, I am sending you so much love. Please think about how we show up and support the people in our life, and how, in order to do that, we must allow them to do so. Please remember that you're worthwhile and you are worthy and take this as an opportunity to take care of yourself no matter what is going on. All right we are going to switch to For Fertility Sake. This is our weekly Q&A where I answer your questions that you ask on Instagram at Natalie Crawford MD on Monday. These questions are answered here on the podcast on Instagram and in the newsletter. If you want to call and leave a voicemail again I told you already, those are my favorite episodes, 657-229-3672. Again, that is 657-229-3672. All right, so let's get to answering your questions now. For a natural FET cycle, when should the embryo be transferred? On day five, six, or seven after ovulation? This is a good question, and this gets confusing with embryo transfers and IVF cycles and what happens in nature. In the reality, let's consider ovulation day, day zero. And we can use IVF cycles because we know embryo development. In IVF, your ovulation day is the day of your egg retrieval. Now remember, your surge or your trigger happened beforehand, but the day of the egg retrieval is day zero. That's the day egg and sperm meet. The next day is considered day one, and then the embryo is transferred on the fifth day day number five now that's when the embryo is growing in the lab and you're doing a fresh transfer you're putting in a day five embryo into the uterus on day five which is six days after the day of the egg retrieval because the day of the egg retrieval is day zero so zero one two three four five or five days after starting counting the next day that's after your surge right because you triggered 36 hours before that So if you were doing a natural cycle FET, it really depends. So let's just take a frozen embryo transfer. In a traditional medicated frozen embryo transfer, I have your embryo, it is frozen, I am artificially growing the lining with estrogen, and I am going to start progesterone. Because your progesterone begins to rise right after you ovulate, that is now the first day of progesterone exposure. So that day zero of the egg retrieval is actually the first day you have progesterone. So even on a day five transfer, that's the sixth day your body's seeing progesterone. That is why it is most standard to transfer an embryo on the sixth day of progesterone, no matter if it's a day five or day six embryo. Remember, a day six embryo took six days to get to the stage it should be at day five. Well, that is super easy with a controlled or medicated cycle. Because I decide when you start the progesterone. And if you come in for your lining check and I don't like it and I want to give you more, I just wait, I push it. In a natural or a modified natural cycle, it is different. In this type of cycle, your body is growing an egg. That egg is making estrogen and this will induce a natural surge and you will ovulate. And the timing of that will determine when your transfer will be. The reality is there's a few different ways depending on your body. And we do something different for every patient depending on what you need. If I'm going to trigger you, which sometimes we do because I wanna control, everything looks good now, I don't want things to start looking bad, and not everybody ovulates perfectly. If I use a trigger shot, then what I'm going to do is start progesterone two days later. Just like I think about if I was in an IVF cycle, the day of the trigger shot is two days before progesterone starts to rise, and then the transfer is going to be after that. So in a natural cycle, if I trigger you today on a Thursday, you are then going to start progesterone on Saturday, and then you're going to transfer the embryo on the sixth day of the progesterone. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So essentially a full week from today now if you're starting to naturally surge then that's different might be six days if your lh is high but your progesterone is low you're already in the process of surging if your progesterone is already high and i know it wasn't high yesterday and it's starting to rise today i can start counting down your progesterone and do the transfer in five days meaning okay now it's day number one of progesterone and i'm going to count forward so the short answer is that for most people, we are transferring embryos on the sixth day of progesterone exposure and deciding when you first had progesterone around or when you started it is part of the key to opening and closing that implantation window. I have a consistently late ovulation later than day 24 every cycle. How do I fix this and is it due to egg quality? No, quality and functionality are different things. You have an ovulation issue, even if you are regularly ovulating really late in your cycle, it might not be optimal. So these can be things like PCOS, thyroid disease, high prolactin. Sometimes these things cause us to have abnormal ovulatory patterns. Even if you are ovulating, it's just extremely late. However, abnormal ovulation is a sign of your hormones, but not a sign of your egg quality. Just like with AMH, you can have a low AMH, have a low egg count. That doesn't mean your eggs are bad. Your eggs are still good quality. They just, you don't have as many, or in this case, you don't ovulate as well. Egg quality is all about, number one, how old you are. That is the number one. Number two, what exposures your eggs have seen, meaning your chromosomes are gonna break down faster in the context of cigarette smoking, certain chemicals, certain toxins. Number three, you may be able to support your eggs with certain lifestyle interventions, eating well, getting rest, taking care of yourself, things like that. Now, understanding your period pattern, how do you improve it really depends what's going on. One common thing is being overweight and I am not here to fat shame. We're just talking about the body. Fat cells make estrogen. That estrogen causes the brain to send out a lower amount of FSH. FSH is the hormone that gets an egg to grow and ovulate. And if you are blunting your own FSH, it is going to take a longer duration of exposure to get your body to ovulate. So losing some weight can help. That's only if you're overweight. If you're thin, you can have the opposite end of the problem. But if you're overweight, you can lose weight. That decreases your estrogen at baseline, increasing the FSH sent out from the brain Improving your ovulation, if you might have PCOS. Things like eating plant-based sources of protein over animal-based. That has been associated with improved ovulation. More vegetable sources of foods. Avoiding toxins. Learn what your body needs. A lot of PCOS is highly inflammatory, so this is going to be decreasing inflammation. Hyperlactin, thyroid, you probably need medication for that. Probably need to get those levels tested and be on treatment and that will improve it. So sometimes these are things where there might be certain lifestyle factors that can help, and maybe there's not. If you have a pituitary microadenoma, you can't lifestyle your way out of that. If it's making prolactin, you have a prolactinoma, you need some medication, and it is not your fault. So this idea that you can always get your period back normal by what you eat or what you do, no. Can you help improve it sometimes? Yes. And should you take good care of yourself? Absolutely. I heard there was an increased chance of miscarriage if you have previously had one. Is this true? It is true. And some of the statistics does depend on what data you look like. But overall, we do know that one, miscarriage tends to be overall common. You'll see different statistics between 15 to 30% depending on how clinically recognized you are making the pregnancy be to call it a pregnancy loss, but a lot of people will settle up 20 to 25%. Now, number one, risk of miscarriage increases with age. That is clear and determined. Meaning if you're in your twenties is closer to 15%. If you are 35, it is 25%. If you are 40, it is going to be 35%. To 40%. So it's going to get higher as you get older. That is due to chromosome abnormalities and something that we know. Now, what are the actual statistics based on your prior history? So there has been a study that looked at Norwegian patients. Norway does great job keeping statistics. And so this was looking at Norwegian women who were pregnant from 2009 to 2013. There were over 400,000 pregnancies In this study period and looking at this, so the risk, if you've had no pregnancy, it's your first pregnancy, your chance of having a miscarriage was 11.6%. If you have had a prior miscarriage, 19.8%. If you had two prior miscarriages, your chance of another miscarriage was 27.7%. And if you've had three or more miscarriages, your chance of your next pregnancy being a miscarriage was 41.9%. And this follows long-standing data that we have seen. And this data is why initially the recurrent pregnancy loss evaluation started after three pregnancy losses, because your odds started to go up significantly that you were gonna have another miscarriage, almost four times as high as if you'd not had a miscarriage. So This has changed and now we evaluate people after two pregnancy losses because you know 27% is a lot also and you do not need to suffer needlessly. So you should be getting an evaluation sooner if you are having multiple miscarriages. If anything, let me be helped. I had four pregnancy losses and I have two living children. So even though these numbers might seem overwhelming, these numbers do not mean you won't get pregnant. Please do not give up hope and what you need to do. Seek care with a doctor and a team that you trust. All right, friends. Thank you so, so much for being here. This is an issue near and dear to me. I love you all so much. I know this can be hard, but open up and let's all support each other. Thanks, friends. Thank you all for listening to As a Woman. It would mean so much if you could rate, review, and follow the podcast to be notified of new episodes every Sunday. I hope you learned something new, and I hope you share it with someone in your life. Be sure to follow along on Instagram at Natalie Crawford MD and check out the YouTube channel Natalie Crawford MD. If you're interested in becoming a patient, you can also follow Fora Fertility. I'm so thrilled to have you here, part of the community that amplifies others as a woman.